Welcome to Rebecca Reads. This week's story is The Princess of Canterbury. I found this story in a collection of English fairy tales that were collected and edited by Joseph Jacobs. Canterbury is a city in the southwest part of England. It is a really old city. There was a village there way before the Romans showed up, and the Romans even established a city there. It grew and was connected to London, which was the capital, and Dover, a town on the coast near France, by one road. In medieval times, a cathedral was built there. The Archbishop Thomas Becket died there, and the cathedral became a center for pilgrims to travel to. The cathedral still stands today. This story seems to have come from a time before the church was built, probably even before the Romans showed up. Isn't it amazing how stories that old can still be around today? Don't forget to stay after the story for this week's poem. And now for The Princess of Canterbury. There lived formerly in the county of Cumberland a nobleman who had three sons, two of whom were comely and clever youths, but the other a natural fool named Jack, who was generally engaged with the sheep. He was dressed in a party-colored coat and a steeple-crowned hat with a tassel, as became his condition. Now the king of Canterbury had a beautiful daughter, who was distinguished by her great ingenuity and wit, and he issued a decree that whoever should answer three questions put to him by the princess should have her in marriage, and be heir to the crown at his decease. Shortly after this decree was published, news of it reached the ears of the nobleman's sons, and the two clever ones determined to have a trial, but they were sadly at a loss to prevent their brother from going with them. They could not by any means get rid of him, and were compelled at length to let Jack accompany them. They had not gone far before Jack shrieked with laughter, saying, "'I found an egg!' "'Put it in your pocket,' said the brothers. "'A little while afterwards he burst out into another fit of laughter "'on finding a crooked hazel stick, which he also put in his pocket. "'And a third time he again laughed extravagantly "'because he found a nut that also was put with his other treasures. "'When they arrived at the palace, "'they were immediately admitted on mentioning the nature of their business.' and were ushered into a room where the princess and her suite were sitting. Jack, who never stood on ceremony, bawled out, "'What a troop of fair ladies we've got here!' "'Yes,' said the princess, "'we are fair ladies, for we carry fire in our bosoms.' "'Do you?' said Jack. "'Then roast me an egg,' pulling out the egg from his pocket. "'How will you get it out again?' said the princess. "'With a crooked stick,' replied Jack, producing the hazel. "'Where did that come from?' said the princess. "'From a nut,' answered Jack, pulling out the nut from his pocket. "'I've answered the three questions, and now I'll have the lady.' "'No, no,' said the king, "'not so fast. "'You have still an ordeal to go through. "'You must come here in a week's time "'and watch for one whole night with the princess, my daughter.' If you can manage to keep awake the whole night long, you shall marry her the next day. But what if I can't, said Jack. Then off goes your head, said the king. But you need not try unless you like. Well, 
Jack went back home for a week and thought over whether he should try and win the princess. At last, he made up his mind. Well, said Jack, I'll try my fortune. So now for the king's daughter or a headless shepherd. And taking his bottle and bag, he trudged to the court. In his way thither, he was obliged to cross a river, and pulling off his shoes and stockings, while he was passing over, he observed several pretty fish bobbing against his feet. So he caught some and put them into his pocket. When he reached the palace, he knocked at the gate loudly with his crook, and having mentioned the object of his visit, he was immediately conducted to the hall where the king's daughter sat ready prepared to see her lovers. He was placed in a luxurious chair, and rich wines and spices were set before him, and all sorts of delicate meats. Jack, unused to such fare, ate and drank plentifully, so that he was nearly dozing before midnight. "'Oh, shepherd,' said the lady, "'I have caught you napping.' "'No, sweet Ellie, I was busy a-fishing.' "'A-fishing?' said the princess in the utmost astonishment. "'Hey, shepherd, there is no fish-pond in the hall.' "'No matter at that. I have been fishing in my pocket, and have just caught one.' me, said she. Let me see it. The shepherd slyly drew the fish out of his pocket, and pretending to have caught it, showed it her, and she declared it was the finest she ever saw. About half an hour afterwards, she said, shepherd, do you think you could get me one more? He replied, mayhap I may when I have baited my hook. And after a little while, he brought out another which was finer than the first, and the princess was so delighted that she gave him leave to go to sleep, and promised to excuse him to her father. In the morning the princess told the king, to his great astonishment, that Jack must not be beheaded, for he had been fishing in the hall all night. But when he heard how Jack had caught such beautiful fish out of his pocket, he asked him to catch one in his own. Jack readily undertook the task, and bidding the king lie down, he pretended to fish in his pocket, having another fish concealed ready in his hand, and giving him a sly prick with a needle, he held up the fish and showed it to the king. His majesty did not much relish the operation, but he assented to the marvel of it, and the princess and Jack were united the same day and lived for many years in happiness and prosperity. Thank you for listening to The Princess of Canterbury. Do you think Jack really was a fool? What things did he do that were really smart? In so many stories, the hero has to go through a trial of sorts to win the hand of the princess. Why is that? What is it about a trial, where the hero will die if he fails, that makes the hero worthy of marrying the princess. Today's poem is I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud by William Wordsworth. I have a suggestion to go along with this poem. Listen to it a couple of times. The poet is making a picture with words. Why don't you turn it into an actual picture? If you want, you can send it to me. I'm working on a way to share these pictures with everyone. 
So if you email it to me at RebeccaReadsPodcast at gmail.com, then you may be one of the first pictures I will post in the next few weeks. The poem reads, I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high o'er vales and hills, when all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils, beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. Continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way, they stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not but be gay in such a jocund company. I gazed and gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. For oft when on my couch I lie in vacant or in pensive mood, they flash upon that inward eye, which is the bliss of solitude. And then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. And that is another episode of Rebecca Reads. I hope you are all working diligently on your stories. Please submit them to me at RebeccaReadsPodcast at gmail.com by March 31st. Don't forget to tell your friends and have them submit a story as well. I just wanted to thank you all for coming every week to share these stories with me. I really enjoy having you here with me. Keep reading and join me next week for another episode of Rebecca Reads.